listening to the Seven Rivers Student Ministry Podcast, a ministry of Seven Rivers Church in Citrus County, Florida. Here at SRSM, we believe that all students are lovable through a relationship with Jesus. Visit our website at sevenrivers.org backslash students. outside and get blown away in the wind, um, but that didn't happen. We made a lot of sandbags for nothing, um, but it was a good time. Um, and before the hurricane came and like completely disrupted our lives, we talked about another big storm that happened on the sea, right, at the last youth group. And AJ talked about that, this big storm that came. Um, and we're talking about stories through the Gospel of Mark. Um, and so there's four different Gospels in the Bible. This is fun. I feel like I'm like, woo! Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So those are the different Gospels in the Bible. If you're ever like, I kind of want to read my Bible and I don't know where to start. You can always start with one of those. I like Mark because it talks about demons. And I think that's interesting. And we're going to talk about that today. Um, but so we talked about who Jesus is last week and how we respond to who this Jesus is. We saw in Mark 4 that the disciples and Jesus got in a boat and were heading over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And there was this huge storm that was filling up their boat and Jesus was taking a fat nap. Right? Like a fat nap. He didn't wake up to the wind or the rain. I like, in my Bible, it showed a picture of what the boat looked like. And I mean, they had to get soaked and he wasn't waking up. He was dead to the world kind of nap. Um, those are the best kind. Do you all agree? Where you're like, you wake up and you don't know where you are. Those are the best. And the disciples woke him up. Like, I would be so upset if someone woke me up from that kind of nap. But the disciples woke him up in fear for their lives. They woke Jesus up terrified, saying, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Hey, guys, can you please stop talking while I'm talking? Thank you. Okay. And that's what happened. They were like, Teacher, do you not care about us? And Jesus immediately makes the storm stop completely. And Jesus asked, why, like, why are y'all so afraid? Do y'all have no faith in me, no trust in me that I would support you and care for you? And we saw that Jesus is actually compassionate and he's powerful, right? He completely stopped, went and stopped this storm and just spoke it through his breath. He's powerful, he's powerful over all the world. Um, and this story that we're coming to today is right after um, the story we read last time. And it's just like another flex of these qualities of Jesus, that he's compassionate and he's powerful. We also saw last week the response of the disciples. So we see who Christ is, and then we see the response. And they were filled with great fear, afraid of Jesus more than they were of the storm. They said, who then is this that even the wind and seas obey him? Right? Who is this person that can make the wind stop in its tracks? Our story today... Um, has two different responses. So there's two different 
like key groups um, in this. And there's one response of surrender and then one of fear. And we're going to be in Mark 5, 1 through 20. There's some Bibles back there if you want to pass them out. Uh, but we're going to have it on the screen too. And you can look at it on your phone. So we're going to be in Mark 5. Okay, so if you want to pull it up or we can pull it up up here. Thank you, Mike. Look at, look at that. I'll give you all a second. Um, but I'm excited to read this story because it's the start of spooky season. I love October. Um, and we're talking about demons. So, super spooky. So, I will read for us. Mark 5, first one. They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart, and he broke the shackles into pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he was saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? And the demon replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. And they, the demon, begged him, saying, Send us to the pigs, let us enter them. So he gave them permission. And the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs, and the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. They, like, threw themselves off a cliff. Okay. The herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country, and the people came to see what had happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had had the legion, sitting there, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him and everyone marbled. Okay, that's a long story, a crazy story. Um, and we're going to unpack that tonight. But just as we start, we need some context as to what's going on. And so directly before this um, chapter is what we talked about last week in the sea. Okay, they're like in the water right now. They're going over from the Jewish area. Okay, and they're heading over to this land called Gerasa, uh, which is in the like Gentile land. And so when, whenever it like says that they're crossing over the sea or to the other side of the sea, it's usually like a change from like Jewish kind of country to Gentile country. Um, and basically a Gentile is someone who's not a Jew, like anybody. Um, and a Jew is someone who's like set apart um, by God in this set apart nation. Um, and we saw in our previous study, like at the beginning of this semester, of like the whole scope of the Bible, that's what we talked about, that God has a plan to unite all people into one family through Christ, through this Jewish um, nation that all nations would be blessed through them salvation is offered to both jew and gentile through christ so here christ is right here he is in the flesh 
That's what he's been saying he's doing, and he's entering this scene with the mission to bring Gentiles to himself. Okay, so there's not really Jewish people around, except for the disciples, and all these Gentiles are here, and Jesus is about to do what he's come to do. And this is a pretty crazy scene. We see literally when Jesus gets out of the boat, there's this man that runs up to him that's possessed by a demon. Like, I, I would be terrified. Um, he's one of our key people here, one of the key players I talked about, the demon-possessed man. I mean, this guy has been going through it. It says he lived among the tombs, like in a literal graveyard. What? <laughs> By himself, isolated from others. People had tried to bind him and chain him down, but he would like break through them. It says no one had the strength to subdue him. And that's how strong the demon was inside him. He would like completely shatter these chains. He was cutting himself and crying out all the time. It says night and day. He had no rest from this. It was just straight torture, awful, all the time. That was his life. And the goal of Satan is to destroy the image of God. We saw this in Genesis 3, that Satan is trying to turn people away from God. But not only that, he's trying to destroy any image of God. He hates God. And we humans are the image of God. That's how he created us in his image. So this demon, this demon is jacking this guy up, right? He's just messing with him constantly. And it's clear through this, like, socialized civilization, terrifying, like, strength he has, and his, like, self-destructive tendencies. And when Jesus comes along the shore and sees this man, he immediately calls out to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. He's, like, right when he sees who he is, he starts calling out. In the same way Christ rebuked the storm in authority in AJ's talk, so he, like, told this storm to be gone is the same way he's calling this demon out of this man to come forward. And it says the man fell to his knees in front of Christ. And we're talking about who Christ is, right? That's why I said who Christ is and what is the people's response. And I said there's two different types of response. Through the response of the demon-possessed man, we see who Christ is in this story. Right? That's our first thing we're looking at is who Christ is. In my Bible I was reading through, I got a study Bible. I feel really cool. AJ picked it out for me. Um, I've never had one before. But it has all this cool stuff in it, so I was really learning a lot. Um, but my Bible said that there's like these two ideas behind the bending of the knee to Jesus. So this demon bending his knee, or this person, right? And the first is that it's an involuntary submission of the demon to Jesus' like great power. Like he, he can't even control it. He just goes to his knees because he's controlled by this demon. Or the second is that the man himself longed to be free of this influence from the demon. So those are the two scenarios that could be happening, or both can be happening at the same time. And I think that both are happening. I, I believe both things are at play. Like how miserable this man must have been. And then to see Jesus coming to talk to him when people have been like so terrified of him, and Jesus coming to heal him when people tried to bound him in shackles and abandon him in, like, a graveyard. Jesus is compassionate to the demon-possessed man. That's who he is. He came to heal. He doesn't shy away. He immediately called the demon out of the man and frees this man from the torment he's been dealing with. He heals him. He restores the man back to himself. We also see that Jesus is powerful, right? So he's compassionate fully, and he's also powerful. The moment the man sees Christ... The demon begins calling out to him, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Isn't this interesting? Like, 
is it, it's already interesting to me how often stories of demons are in the Gospel of Mark. Y'all should read it because they're like all over it. Um, but they all like announce who Christ is. Like right when they like see him, they're like, oh, oh God, here he is, the God. Right? He's the son of the most high God. And this hasn't really happened yet. People throughout Mark are trying to figure out who Jesus is. I mean, I said it earlier that last week, even the disciples who were with Christ constantly said, who then is this? Like, who is this guy? Who is this teacher, this good teacher that even the wind and sea obey him? And here we are in the face of a demon crying out, like loud yelling at Christ, who Christ is, right? He's Jesus, son of the most high God. He has to bend the knee to Jesus. The demon can't control it because even he is controlled by Christ. Christ is all-powerful and has all authority over all creation. So the demon knows who Christ is. He knows, right? And they fear him. All the demons know who God is, and they automatically fear him because he's powerful. He's also compassionate to his people. And he frees the demon-possessed man. So we're going to continue the story, but he frees the demon-possessed man by getting rid of the demon The demons begged Christ to be able to stay because they want to destroy his creation. Um, And seeing a great herd of pigs begged Christ to put them into the pigs. And the moment they entered the pigs, they immediately flung themselves over the side of a cliff and drowned in the sea. Like, what? That's so weird. (laughs) Like, the first time I read this, guys, I was like, what the heck is this talking about? Uh, But they don't remember who Christ is, right? He's all-powerful. They begged Christ to move them to the pig so that Christ wouldn't torment them. That's what it says because they know that's who that's what Christ can do. He has the final judgment. They know what's coming and they begged him. It says all through this passage, you're probably tired of hearing me say the word begged because they're like all begging him because they know Christ has this authority. And what's cool is this is actually a foreshadow of the final like fate of demons when God defeats Satan and throws him into the lake of fire in Revelations 20. And that's a crazy story. Y'all should read that when you get home. Uh, Revelations 20. But God ultimately has victory over sin and death. But anyway, the demons, they're gone. Praise God, right? But also all of these pigs are gone. Like these 2,000 pigs. And these pigs that the town would have eaten for food and all these herdsmen in charge of pigs like freak out. And they go run into town and tell everyone what they just saw. And people, like, are coming back to see what happened. Like, I would want to go, I don't know if I'd want to go see, but but I would be like, what? I don't believe you. And I would go see. And they see the ex-like possessed man, obviously without a demon, clothed in his right mind. The same guy they had chained up, shattered, who, like, shattered the chains, was perfectly fine. And witnesses, like, recounted what they saw. They were like, oh, yeah, this is exactly what just happened. And these Gentiles... They didn't fall down in worship, right? They weren't like, oh, God, you're awesome. You help this guy. They're like, what the frick? You got rid of all of our pigs, right? That's what happened. And they were afraid, just like the disciples were. See, we've had two different scenarios we talked about these past few weeks, the storm and the demon. And we have the same Christ. He's the same person, right? He's compassionate. He's powerful. And we have the same response out of fear. People were scared of the power of Christ. But earlier I said there's two different responses. There's two different groups in this story. The people of the town are scared, pleading Jesus to leave their country. He just killed all their food. I would be upset, right? The security and food, it was gone. These herdsmen's, like, livelihoods got thrown off the cliff, just like the pigs. 
Jesus shook up their world. Of course, they're afraid. And then we see the response of the man who has been freed of this demon. He begged Christ to let him join in on their journey, right? To be with Christ and go along with him. To take him away from this place that has turned him away for so long. And he doesn't, right? That's what's interesting. We see Christ say no and tell him to stay. Remember what I said at the beginning of this, like the context of all this? These people were not Jewish. They didn't grow up learning about the commandments or the news of the promised Messiah to come. They didn't know who God was. Like, a lot like me when I was y'all's age, I didn't grow up learning about stories in the Bible. I didn't really know a lot about God. But Christ, he's the one to unify the world. He came to bring hope and peace and salvation to all people, not just Jews. And how great an opportunity like this was to extend his kingdom to the Gentiles through the testimony of this man that he just restored. Like how great an opportunity y'all have to testify of how much the Lord has done for you and how he's had mercy on you. Like what a relief, right? Like yes, it's following Christ comes with a cost. Guys, it really does. Um, But proclaiming Jesus to others, you don't have to know all the right answers. You, like, don't. Like, even if you think you, like, have to know, you don't have to know all the right answers. This guy, he wasn't a Jew, right? He didn't know anything about God. He didn't know anything about Christ, but what he just learned in, like, the 30 minutes with him, that the power he displayed was worthy of following, right? And the compassion towards him was worthy of his life. And Christ makes a simple command to this man, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And this is our command, to go to share how much the Lord has done for us and how he has had mercy on us. Praise, like, praise God my friends did this to me, guys. I would have still run from the Lord if it wasn't for his people testifying to me just how good he has been to them. I even think Julia's story tonight, like she just testifying how God has been good to her, just how mercy has saturated them. So don't feel like you have to have all the right answers, all the right words, enough courage to share. Christ just wants you to be honest in what he's done for you and know he has had mercy on you. And the story ends in giving us the people's response to the man's testimony. Right? There's an initial response of fear from Christ, but then we see their response from the man. The people marveled at what Christ had done for this man. He obeyed, right? He went and he did what God asked him to do. And the people marveled. They didn't fear anymore, but they marveled at who Christ was. They trusted in him. And AJ mentioned in his talk that Christ never left the disciples when they were in the boat. Even in the midst of their doubting and questioning of who he was, he stays with them. And this story feels like a little different. Jesus actually got in the boat and peaced out when the people asked him to leave. They were like, you got to get out. He's like, okay, I'll leave. Um, but did he, like, really leave them? He restored a man back to who he was, who he was designed to be. He stopped this demon from destroying the image of God. And now this man is able to proclaim Christ to his friends in this town and show the image of God through himself. He left a part of his kingdom to be proclaimed amongst the people. That's what Christ did. He didn't leave them. He doesn't leave them. And this is exactly what he does with the disciples before he, like, ascends into heaven after his resurrection. We know Christ isn't, like, physically in the world right now, 
right? He's like not walking amongst us. But he told the disciples he would be with them always to the end of the age. And that's true for us too, right? Christ is with you always to the end of the age. And that's where he leaves us. The same spirit that was with them makes a home in our hearts when we trust in him. He changes our lives. He transforms us. When we are dead in our sin, God made us alive in Christ. See, he's the path to freedom and life, and he offers this never-ending life to you. He has all compassion to look at you and your sin and love you. Like, he weeps for you, and he cares for you, and he has all power to completely transform your life. He has the power, not you. Like, I, like, try to fix myself and try to have all the power, and I can't change myself. He does it. And at the church, they talk a lot about unmerited grace and endless love. And that's what Christ offers um, to us and himself is not this constant work and battle to be better, uh, but recognizing that I can't be better apart from him. Um, And it's a free gift from him. So he's done so much for us and he has had such great mercy on me. I know he's had great mercy on y'all. Will y'all accept him? Like, will you share what he's done? Will you tell it to your friends or your family just how good Christ has been to you? Okay, I'm going to pray. We'll go to small groups real quick.